Welcome to Bid to Bank. I'm Uncle Bear with the Security Today podcast brought to you by Sprinter Business Solutions. I'm here for another episode of Bid to Bank where we take entrepreneurs and business owners in the low voltage industry and we walk through kind of that process of going from the bid to the bank. It's been pretty successful so far. I've gotten a lot of feedback from you guys and it's just been a good thing. So with that being said, I could not have Will from Stice Lock on here because a good thing needs to just be better. And so we brought him on here today. So we're going to just get started and get right into it. But Will, thanks so much for joining me, man. And um, why don't you tell the listeners and me just a little bit about maybe how you got into the industry and, and from point A to where you are now, point B. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, man, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, like I was telling you just a minute ago, this is this is new to me. So I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, so we are uh, Stice Lock and Security. I know like on other platforms, it's Lock It Up and that sort of thing. Um, but we are, uh, a, our roots are a uh, locksmith, full service locksmith company. Both myself and my business partner uh, started in the beginning, right, of locksmithing, AAA locksmithing, automotive. And yeah. um, we both moved through companies and uh, ran the gambit of you know, all the residential, safe work, commercial uh, we started Stice Lock. We're going on, um, this is our four, uh, 15th year now. So we started in 2009 and we started as locksmith. We started as a full service locksmith company with residential customers and uh, automotive accounts and stuff like that. And over the years, we've kind of narrowed our focus to uh, commercial locksmithing only. Um, and uh, within that uh, atmosphere, uh, low voltage and access control kind of obviously became a thing. Started with small, small systems, standalone systems, PC-based systems. And just in the last couple of years, we've really started to grow as a low voltage company um, and, and like leaps and bounds. We're still a locksmith service company, um, but our low voltage side is growing a lot and we're doing, um, you know, cloud-based access control Um and this some of that stuff's new to us. Some of these uh, projects on large scale that we're managing is, is new to us, uh, but we can still rely on some of the stuff we learned and still deal with um, with commercial locksmithing. Mm-hmm. Um, it all translates over, you know, yeah. uh, into projects. Definitely, um, that is yeah. that's great to hear. So, just a little background: I started in locksmithing as well. Um, yeah, so, yeah. my first three or four years in the industry. Uh, was working for a locksmith and getting certified in that and so locksmithing is really close to my heart so number one I love that having locksmiths on this uh, show yeah. and this episode and number two anytime I see locksmiths on Instagram or anything like that I love liking those photos because that's that's close to the heart how big of uh, how big of crew are you running uh, so right now I think we're uh, eight eight strong uh, I've got uh, four four full-time field techs um, and then we also have myself and my, my business partner, um, who's also family is my brother-in-law, um, uh, backstory there. We were trained by my older brother as a locksmith. That's how we oh, both really? got into the industry. Yep. And he's got his own thing, uh, doing his thing. Um, so there's myself and him. We're both obviously technicians. I'm more of a field technician still than him. Um, and then we've got our, our admin, um, or uh, office manager. And, uh, my sister is on like the finance side. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, 
So cool. Well, let's dig right into it. So the first question that we usually ask on this segment is yep. um, in the arena of marketing and sales. So what form of marketing have maybe you found most success with? I love that you're 15 years into it. That's a good mm-hmm. pool to pull from information-wise. So what form of marketing have you had the most success with? And can you maybe describe a project that you used or that you completed with that approach to that mark with that marketing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, honestly, like you said, uh, we're going on 15 years um, and we've done very short stints in some of those things back in the day. Uh, Google AdWords, um, Yelp had some advertising uh, that, that went on back in the day when we were still a full service uh, locksmith company. Um, they were really short lived. We're talking like less than a month or two. Um, it just wasn't it never felt natural to be doing that sort of thing, um, mm-hmm. which I know it may be an oddity, but but we've always found that customer service is is and reputation is your your best marketing that you can do right um there there's nothing that speaks more volume about about what you can do than uh somebody's referral of you um whether it's a a previous customer a current customer or even a competitor um that 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 just does far and above any kind of uh, marketing that you could try to do. And now I'm sure as we grow, we'll probably have to look into some, you know, we've talked about like if we hire a sales team, we hire a, a sales guy. And as we start to grow technicians, you can't always just rely on um, your good reputation and your, your word of mouth. I mean, you've got to cash flow. You've got to be able to be able to cover uh, payroll and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, I'm sure we have to get proactive um, outside of, you know, our contacts that, that we deal with on a, on a day to day. Um, and, and I mean, I've got countless, you know, it's because we're 15 years in and that is really our only way of marketing. Um, pretty much every story, every project that we do, um, could be used for, for saying, well, here's, here's one example, right? Um, but here's one example, uh, on the low voltage side is, um, one of our largest installs to date was was a referral by a competitor who just mm. who who was you know in the in the industry um but just wasn't looking to take on a project of that size um and that got our foot in the door uh, and then customer service took off after that uh that customer this customer we're still finishing up the tail end of a really large install with a few other um sites that are being added added in so it continues to be a growing project um, but they also had, you know, um, an account with one of the majors in the area, right. That already had their, their alarm system. Um, and they were, they were doing that and, and they bid us against, against that, that company. And I think what stood out for us is customer service. Um, you know, from, from the very first walkthrough on site, um, mm-hmm. going door by door and, um, need by need about, about what they were looking for to the, you know, putting the bid together and the follow-up after the bid, you know, this is before we even got the project. I think those were the things that sold us and made us, made us the, you know, the right choice for that, for that customer. And then on the complete opposite side, uh, much smaller jobs, customer service of just taking care of customers for their needs day in and day out. Um, And even maybe when they're not looking for what you're, you're trying to do at that time or, or um, you've done a bid for them for something and they're not interested, 
they always come back around at some point, you know, and, and we have some smaller uh, jobs and customers who have turned into multiple installs just by providing good customer service for a, a long period of time uh, and you grow with the customer's needs. Yeah, let me ask you this. So I know that th this is probably the fourth interview that I think I've done on the bid to bank segment. Yeah. And that seems to be a resounding course in our industry yeah. from, you know, everybody in, from IT guys all the way down to, you know, the door hardware locksmith guys is that 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 word of mouth, your reputation, the doing the good work, providing good customer service. So in those 15 years when you have found slow spots that maybe made you sweat a little bit or you knew that you had to get some stuff flowing through the door to kind of, you know, yep. just get to the end of the month and, and, and whatnot, what what approach would you take to kind of drumming up that sales? Like, do you ever get on the phone or? Yeah, no, I've definitely, uh, I've definitely been in that position. Um, you have uh, lulls between installs, right? Between projects starting and, and um, projects finishing. I'm actually in probably kind of getting into the beginning of one of those right now, um, where some of my install crew is going to become, uh, they're, they're going to be service techs for a little while. And so mm -hmm. I think for us, the, the saving grace for that, right, is that we are an install company doing everything in house, but we're also, uh, we're a service company. We, and we have that locksmith, those roots and that side, um, mm -hmm. that, that there's consistent, you know, maybe not talking bid to bank, large project, but I've got, you know, estimates for smaller service jobs, fix, fix and repair jobs, um, through, uh, commercial property management and, uh, long-term construction, uh, business partners and that sort of thing um that there's there's always a need for for some work so yeah i mean i will i will pull up some um some past uh estimates for some things i've spoken to with property management for for years oh yeah we, we we've been wanting to switch this this building away from this company you know and i maybe gave a bid um six months ago and um they've done nothing with it you know i'll, I'll reach back and pull through and make that that contact now i've obviously been in contact with that person plenty between then and now for other needs but i might be like hey you know where are we at with this you know is, it, is this something we're still looking for um is there anything we can you know is there anything that that you need any more clarification something to take this to your higher ups to say hey this is a good reason let's let's move on this that sort of thing so we're lucky to have kind of that pipeline um that we can we can kind of do and i do sometimes man I, I will like anybody that those things happen and i'll i'll go through and say what kind of pending you know estimates do i have in here and i'll cherry pick a little bit like oh that's a good one i should follow up on that again yeah, yeah. um and so and i have we have we have office admin now that are they're doing that um, right. we follow up on every estimate that we do but you know after the first or second contact sometimes it's like okay well that's a warm lead right uh let's yeah. just we're not going to push on that one anymore. Let's move on. And so, yeah, sometimes you just kind of go back. And, and that really, I think, still comes back to customer service because those people are still your customers, you know, because you continue to provide them good good customer service for their needs. Yeah, great. That's great. Um, yeah. Let's move on to the bid. So from the bid yeah. um, side of things, do you use any software that when, when you go to quote? Um, so we don't use any like specific software for building the estimate other than our, um, like our, our standard software. We use a software called service fusion. Mm -hmm. Um, we put that in place, um, 
crazy. We put it in place like 2020, right when stuff got crazy. Uh, okay. We had just got done transferring. Before that, we used QuickBooks Online for uh, the uh, prior 12 years or whatever. And that was great um, for QuickBooks Online for both myself and my business partner to be able to log in separately and work on uh, estimates and invoices and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, so within servicefusion.com, we've got all kinds of pre, uh, preloaded uh, materials, um, which you can't always rely on pricing there because you know how crazy uh, the industry is and the market is like, you know, pricing from last quarter is never the same as pricing this quarter. So, but I can go through and uh, pre-populate uh, types of door hardware, you know, um, um, access control products, power supplies, wire at whatever footage we need, that sort of thing. I can I can build my quote that way, um, and, and and we do use that. Um, we also use Monday.com mm -hmm. quite a bit for tracking that stuff. Once once an estimate is built, um, or when an estimate you know comes across our table, we'll enter it into Monday.com. And if anybody's familiar with that, um, it, it's just a really good tracking software. Um, so we'll use that for tracking if the estimate's been performed, sent, followed up on. You set automations uh, to let you know to follow up on it again because things get hectic. And no matter how good we try to be, you know, uh, sometimes that stuff, you know, um, more pressing things happen um, right, and, right. and that sort of thing. So Monday.com is really good for um, helping us keep track of, of our bidding and the stuff that we have out there. Yeah, we use Monday.com at Sprinter too, and it's excellent to be able to go to one spot and kind of like re retrain your mind of like where this project was or what's being completed on it and, and yeah. tracking those sort of details. So, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a good Yeah, and the service, fusion, the service Fusion software that we use, we also use it for all of our day-to-day -day service work, right? Mm -hmm. um, all of our customer accounts are in there, um, and... Um, we use it all the way through the whole project if, you know, if, and when we do get it. So, um, I've heard of service fusion before. I'm trying to picture it in my head. So it's something that you can have like a, a tech can have a login to also. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we do, we do all of our, um, uh, time tracking. Um, there's a, a mobile app, uh, that the techs have, and we have dashboards here at the office, like the mm -hmm. online, um, dashboard. And then the techs have access to their own logins. We can do a direct messaging to the techs um, and, and it has, you know, all the features. It's got uh, job notes and it's got documents can be uploaded for for a job. Um, they take field pictures. Um, uh, like I said, on small projects, the smallest of projects to the largest. Uh, it's really good. You know, we've really started replacing things like Dropbox for uh, company you know, information that we would keep on file if we needed quick reference of, hey, man, what's something really specific about this property that we needed to keep somewhere that we could find, right? like, quickly? Um, and now with, with Service Fusion, we can have, like, uh, notes, historical notes for a property, or we can have most recent tech notes. Um, and it's been really helpful to kind of keep everything in, in, one, in one place. Mm. That's awesome. So explain yeah. to me your method when it comes to bidding a job. Like, is it a flat markup or do you bid every single one based on the environment of the client or how's that? Yeah. Look? I mean, I, I would say everything, two things. I, I mean, I would say, yes, we build every single estimate based on the needs and the environment for the client. 
Um, but I mean, I think that's just a given. That's how you approach any any sure. estimate, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's mostly flat percentage markup over cost. Um, that's it's one of those things where we want like uh, we want to be uniform. You know, we want we want to be able to track and and, and know like our, our our job costing and our our profit margins on our jobs. Um, so it's it's typically it's a flat percentage markup over cost when it comes to materials. Um, and then uh, labor is obviously calculating man hours of um, of all the different uh, parts of, of an install, right? Um, and and I, I start all the way back on um, ordering materials, right? As soon as that and, and um, delivery of materials, and we like to check and track all of our material materials before we take them out to a job site um so i try to account for a little bit of time for for all of those things um sometimes i split our work between our locksmith guys and our uh, access install guys um we're, we do a lot of cross training mm -hmm. um i like to have my access guys learn how to retrofit door hardware all my guys know how to how to core core uh uh solid wood doors for electrifying a hinge um but i really will sometimes only rely on my my locksmiths to do a field retrofit of a storefront door you know mm -hmm. these guys are out there working on door hardware all day every day so i'll try to account for time for meeting one of my locksmith guys in on the project and that sort of thing um so that those are all like the, those little things i take into account when i'm trying to build out the quote for the customer yeah it sounds like with those tools that you're describing you're automatically moving into our next subject but it sounds like you guys really have a hold on that project management um so during that project management yeah. part of it what are like two of the most critical moments in completing the job between like the whole bid to bank when you're managing that project where have you found you have to put a lot of your focus yeah i mean i think first is um the follow-up after the bid right You've, you've submitted this bid um, and sometimes you're working very, very closely with your contact and sometimes it's some very vague information and they're reporting to their higher ups. And it's that it's that very first uh, contact after you've been told that you've got a, a, a bid approval. You know, it's making sure that we're all on the same page and that um, before and again, before we start ordering all the material and start putting a lot of man hours into the actual project. I think it's it's kind of like taking a beat and uh, just making sure that that this is this is everything's going to go in the right direction. So it's it's customer service and it's communication. Um, and, and I mean, sometimes that customer service and communication is following up on an estimate. But I know we're going into project management. But um, I think the second is uh, most important thing is after the ins installation is complete um and making sure again that uh, now obviously you know from your your previous uh bid to banks there's all those things all it's it's all the customer communi communication in the middle um i think i think communication is like a thread that you could take through every single one of your your topic questions right and that's communication with the customer communication with your team within the the company so without getting too far ahead of myself i think communication is, is like that most important thing and that's you know before 
uh, after the estimate's sent and, and as it's approved. And then, you know, um, after the job is complete and, and touching on all the parts and making sure that everything's good, um, we're here, we're here for you. If anything changes or if anything's not working the way you want it, um, we have our saying in the company is, uh, uh, do it, ma- do it right or make it right. Right. And, uh, that's, that's kind of like, um, we, we don't, we only want to do things if we're going to do it the right way. Right. So when customers are asking us to, oh, maybe cut a corner here, or cut a corner there. Um, that's been something over the years that we've, we've realized that always comes back to bite you in the butt, right. Yeah. What, trying to make them that, that, that quick gratification, right. Is always long-term, uh, unhappiness. Right. And so you say do it right or make it right. So you do it right. But if you're out there and it's something that's already been done, you're saying like also make it right. Make it right. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's um, if we miss the mark on something um, mm. because of lack of communication on our end, we're going to make it right. Um, and, and we use that um, through everything, too, because sometimes we have to follow up behind other people and make that right. Um you know, so that's kind of that do it, do <laughs> that do it right or make it right um, yeah. uh, slogan that we've come up with. So we're kind of in the middle of this whole process from bid to bank. And I kind of want to throw a little bit of a curveball question that I didn't give to you yeah. free this thing, just because I, I really appreciate on your Instagram that I've seen multiple of your guys doing door corings or, mm-hmm. you know, you, you do a whole gamut of services and types of install. So you, you mentioned that you have your access guys and you have your locksmith guys and you cross train there. Can you just elaborate yeah. a little bit on that cross training? Because that is, that's pretty vital when you're, you're spanning as far, like as wide as you are as Stice Lock yeah. is in the industry. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I mean, I think the thing is there because if we're talking on the low voltage side, right, we do everything in house, everything in house. And that's, we do, uh, I mean, we're a licensed door company. We're a licensed locksmith. Um, uh, we're doing our low voltage projects. Right. Um, and, and we're kind of a small team. I mean, I know I've got some field techs out there, um, but I'm still out in the field a lot and we need to be able to rely on everybody to be able to, uh, kind of do all of, all of the facets of a job. Um, so, I mean, I will bring in, if we've got a slow day on the, on the, uh, service side, I'll bring in, um, one of our locksmith techs to help the guys pull wire, you know, and, and I always love those guys because they're always like, oh, man, uh, I don't this is not I don't do electrical. This is not my thing, you know, and I'm like, well, there's in my whole career, it's always been, you know, hey, can you do this? And I was like, or have you done this? I'm like, no. Well, can you I'm like, yeah, I think so. Right. And I like that attitude from my techs and all, all my techs that I have I have currently like they have that attitude. Uh, even more than that, I've got guys on both sides. I've got uh, my um, access install guys. They want to get their locksmithing license, right? And and their their main job is not a locksmith. They're they're doing access uh, installs and the camera installs and that sort of thing. But they're interested in in knowing how to. I mean, everybody wants to know how to how to pick a lock, right? Yeah. Everybody wants to know all that kind of stuff. Um, so we we try to make a lot of time on, in both directions. When uh, we've got a door operator install, um, I'll try to pull one of my my um, access techs to come over. Um, and, you know, installing a door operator is not necessarily something that um, a low voltage guy will do. There's low voltage involved, but it's not something that that guy's typically going to do. That's more of a door uh, door tech or a, a locksmith 
um, right. job. Um, but I like to bring them over. So um, everybody's really well rounded um, in doing that, that kind of stuff. Um, I just think it, it makes the team, it makes the team stronger, right? Um, if my low voltage guys can also core their own door, pull through their transfer hinge and install their lever, um, then why not? Right. Um, I don't want to overload them. If it's a big project, I'll bring in some guys to help on those parts of things. But you know, if it's a one, two door system, why should, you know, we're, we're an all, all in company, right handling the whole thing from top to bottom. Uh, I know there are other companies who, because we do a lot of it, we get subcontracted a lot for access control companies to come in and do the electrification on doors. You know, so there's a, a spot where they, they stop and then we have to complete something for them for them to finish their job. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that my guys, um, everybody on our team can, can contribute to getting a project done when we have that stuff. Yeah, I Man, I just love hearing that because one of the things that, and maybe you've seen it, but I, I try to really push on the podcast is that hashtag be the better tech and just, you know, pushing yeah. guys to just to just be better at what they're doing and being able to be within a company like your your own or being able to be a company like Sticelock that really rounds itself out and makes sure that some of the hurdles that they come up across are not, like, could be removed if it was could be removed if they put the time in to to round themselves out so like some of the hurdles are actually themselves not the job itself and so to be able to cross train like that i feel i just feel passionate about that because my career has been a lot of that you know a Mm -hmm. lot of like can't can you do this uh yeah i can do that and then googling and talking to guys and figuring it out how and man i i mean when i came up there was no youtube to look up how to how to get something done right it was just the i mean i've always um all the role models in my life have always been the guys that i i would look at and i would know like man that guy can do anything you know like i i I mean i know that's not his trade and i know that's not his thing but like he could do that no problem right uh, so i always wanted to be that that kind of guy i've got a lot of buddies in you know, that are general contractors and they like to be like well how do you know how to do that you're just a locksmith you know yeah. and I'm, it, it's like in this day and age man i mean uh, especially as um um if you're in the trades i just feel like um making yourself be the better tech all the way across the board is is the way to go right. um yeah so when we open our plumbing department you know i we're no i'm just kidding but uh but but i mean i i like i like knowing that i'm i'm training the guys underneath me kind of the way i approached it um i mean we've all worked with guys who are like no i only do this or i only do that you know and and being the guy that's like well i'll i'll pick up where you left off then you know uh, i want to make sure that all my guys have have all the skills you know whether they are using them here with us or they they move on at some point you right. know, there's nothing wrong with building these guys up again, community over competition, um, that sort of thing, just making it uh, stronger out here for like us in the trades. Yeah. And helping bring value to those guys is a, yeah. a noble thing. I saw a quote the other day. It was actually maybe a month ago or something, but I, it's like stuck as I got a buddy who goes, that's stuck in my craw. Like it's stuck in my head, but it's the quote that says, to be successful, you must do one thing excellently and a thousand things well. And yep. it's just this idea that you pour yourself out and you learn and you grow. And that's really cool to hear. So, 
But getting back on track, customer yeah. experience is kind of the next section that I want to talk about. So um, maybe talk to the listeners about one thing that you feel is most important when it comes to that customer experience. So you've kind of that's been your thread, like you've said through the whole thing, is that customer experience. What is what's the one thing that you would keep if you had to get rid of everything else? Yeah, I mean, with customer. Um customer service, customer experience being that thread, uh, I think the other thread is, is communication. Um, and, and that's just, that's just really big, whether it's, uh, dealing with, um, a customer who's not even involved, right. We do a lot of stuff like that, where the the person who is the the customer, like paying the bills and, and responsible for, um, having this, the work done is sometimes not even on site. Um, so good communication with, that customer uh through emails and pictures and phone calls and updates uh throughout the throughout the project um uh, and or if they're on site you know i I like to always be um one step ahead of the customer right i like to know what maybe their their question might be or their concern might be i like to always get in front of in front of anything and try to be try to be the first one first one to that. So communication is, is big, uh, when something goes wrong or isn't going so great, I don't want to just be like, well, I'm unavailable for a day or two until this blows over. I want to be the very first person to either admit fault or, um, um, just follow up with any important information, uh, whether it's good or bad, um, before the customer does. So communication is I think the most important thing. And that's sometimes not even from myself. It's from my, my guys in the field. Yeah. I like to make sure that my guys in the field are not, you know, cause I, I'm still in the field a lot and I'm on our big projects a lot. Um, it's one of those, right? The buck stops here. You know, I, I gotta be involved in all that stuff. Um, and so like, that's even some of that project management stuff on one of your last questions was my answer to your question was going to be that like, admittedly, man, uh, most of the, the project management is still going on like right up here, right? I, I've got it all worked out in my head about how this is all going to work. And I might put lots of job notes in um, and communicate with the customer and communicate with the guys. But the the ultimate plan for how this is going to come to fruition from bid to bank is all kind of like running around up here. And I'm trying to get better at communicating to everybody about about how I see this working and how I see this working well. And and again, uh, um, making it, making a good customer experience. It's really easy. And it was, it was to me, it was really easy when I didn't have technicians and I was, you know, my customer's experience was me, right? right? You know, for a small, small business that we are like growing, um, my customers always got myself or my business partner, you know, we're the business owners, right? So their customer experience was like through the roof. Right. Because right? yeah. who, who cares more about your business and your customer's experience than the owner? Right. Right. Um, and so uh, I'm that I'm trying to to build that, you know, processes and procedures to make sure that that experience like stays stays good through whether it's myself or one of our guys in the field or yeah. or talking to, our, you know, admin on the phone with a question. Right. Is there something you do specific to kind of like create that culture within Stice Lock? I just try to be, um, I mean, I don't know if there is, I just try to be, uh, open and approachable and, mm-hmm. 
you know, if I, I, I'll admit my faults when, when I have them, you know, cause we all, <laughs> we all have them and I make mistakes yeah. plenty. Right. And I'm, I'm not afraid to say, oh man, I messed that up. Right. I don't, it's not, it's not nobody else's fault. And I tell the guys kind of the same thing. Um, like, uh, we take fault as a team, right. In, in that respect. So I don't mean for them to admit their faults, but bring them to me, uh, right away, you know, right. cause ultimately I'm going to take the fall no matter what. I'm not going to throw one of my guys under the bus and that sort of thing. So I think all that is really just um, be open, be approachable, um, and, and and try to just make it obvious that that you're uh, you're trying to create create that environment. Awesome. So once you've kind of moved through that process and you get closer to the end of the job, what payment method do you usually do to collect jobs? Like, is there a software that you send the invoice out with? Do you do net 30? Yep. Those sorts of things. Yeah. So, um, again, back to service fusion. Um, we do everything through there. Um, it'll we have it. It'll invoice. Yeah. 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 Uh, it invoices out and it's, it's got a, a click to pay with credit card, uh, for customers who like to pay that way. Um, we, the bulk of our work is, is, is account based. And so we're, it's net 30. Um, some of our customers go net 45, net 60, that sort of thing. If it's a uh, state work, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, we get a lot of payments through ACH that deposits directly to our, to our account, helps us get paid quicker. Um, but service fusion is our, our invoicing software. Um, when it comes to some of the larger installs and projects, um we have progress billing through service fusion for like uh, construction or large projects and so what we'll like to do is we do like a, a 10 40 50. so uh we'll take a 10 percent down uh on the approval of the project when we order materials um and and then we have uh benchmarks throughout and it's usually uh, once we've been on site all of our material is on site and we've started the job um, depending on the, the size of the job, sometimes it's once we've, we've pulled a certain percentage of wire through the building mm. or, or something like that, we'll then bill 40%. Um, so now we've billed out 50% of the total project. Uh, hopefully early-ish on, we've gotten a good start on the project and we're able to recoup some of that, um, that cash out that we've spent to prepare for the project. Um, and then at the end of the project, we'll bill our final 50% when we're closing up, when our system's online and our doors, you know, are, are working and badging. Maybe we're not completely finished last day of the project, but we're, uh, our install is mostly, mostly complete. Do you, that sort of thing. Do clients usually blink at that or do you just say it and they're like, okay, cool. No, um, we've had, we've had really good experiences with that, that 10, 40, 50. Um, and that's really, really new to us. I mean, we have, always been a net 30 company given our roots in locksmithing um account-based work uh, with like commercial property management um uh -huh. and construction and stuff like that you really can't be in the industry if you're not on like a net 30 uh type of system um so this 10 10 40 50 is really for like our our larger um installs where we've got a, a lot of money out and maybe the project is going to span six weeks or eight weeks to get the to get it done. So now you're talking, you're talking um, whatever your account is with your supplier, whether you're on a net 30 or a net 60, which we have a net 60 with most of our suppliers. Um, 
you put in your order and received your materials and you're now being billed uh, and you're on a net 30 or a net 60 to, to, you know, pony up on that. Um, and if you were to wait until the very end uh, of a large project, you might be, you know, your net, your net 60 plus net 60 or, or 90 down the road. Right. Uh, you know, and now you're talking about, it's just all about cash flow. with a small business. It's all, it's always all about cash flow. Um, and so, uh, we came up with the, I know a lot of guys do the 50 down and 50 at the completion. Yep. Um, I remember tossing that around with my, uh, business partner for a long time thinking, you know, you can't do that. Right. I, I even think like the contractors, uh, licensing board is like, it's like 10% down or $500 or, or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but we'd always go back and forth because we'd see competitors bids from time to time. It'd be like 50% down. And we'll be like, can we do that? Is that yeah. something we can do? You know, um, <laughs> just kind of learning as you go. Be like, that'd be nice if we had some more money coming in quicker. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's gone well for us, and I think it's a good. I think it's a good that ten percent is small enough um, for people to understand. Like, oh, it's a ten percent deposit, right? And then that forty percent, bringing them to fifty percent fully invoiced, um, is after we've put in some some man hours we put in some work we're we're showing them like hey man we're here we're not just not showing up to do the job we're here we're working on your project um and then that that last final one is obviously we're almost all the way through the project and and i'm sure i could have a customer here or there in the future that's like well i'm not paying that 50 until everything's done and we've done our full site walkthrough and i know there's no problems and know this right um, but we've been lucky um we've been lucky with uh, the customers that we have, you know, by growing through word of mouth and reputation, it's one of those things where you're, you're sort of a little bit selective, selective about who your customers are anyways. Yeah. Right. You know, they're customers that we're doing work with on a regular basis, or they've used us, uh, in the past or are, are referred to us by somebody who, who knows how, how we work. Right. Um, our thing, another one of our things is, uh, not to grow for growth's sake. Right. We don't want to grow the business for growth's sake. That just feels like a lot of a lot of headache and heartache that's coming in there. We want to grow this right. company, you know, um, with a purpose in mind. And that's because we're a small family owned company. Right. Uh, our business and our customers are are very close to you know our personal life as well in terms of like how close we are to the business. Mm -hmm. um, so um, we've had some good luck. We've had we've had good luck with with customers in terms of, of accepting those terms. Right. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I don't know that I've, uh, I don't know that I've heard of that out there. Yet. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a thing. It was just, uh, like I said, well, can we do 50, 50? Yeah. like, well, well, how about what if we came up with this? Is it 10, 40, you know? Um, and I can say from, from just, uh, personal experience with it, like it does help, right? It helps right. for the longest time. We never did that. And it was, a net 30. And like I said, you could be 60 days down the road before you even submit your invoice. Right. Um, and so you're now your, your bills are due with your supplier. And it's like, well, I'm not going to get paid for at least 30 from here. Right. And so right. cash flow. And so we, we kind of kicked that one around for a little while uh, before we ever put it in place. And now it's kind of our standard for anything over a certain dollar amount um, that it's at 10, 40, 50. Mm. That's cool. Um, so the next question that I had lined up for you is what is your approach when a customer is late on collecting payment? And 
I actually, being that we're both locksmiths, so... Ball-ping hammer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a story. So w- the locksmith that I worked for and that I started with, I started with him for a couple of months where he was just in his own van, and a local locksmith um, had passed away, and his ex-wife was, like, trying to sell the company or something like that, and that's how the locksmith that I worked for ended up getting into a lock shop. So we got into the lock shop and it came with the lock shop's technician that had always been there. And he was an older gentleman. He had been doing it for shoot, like 20, 30 years, right? In this one location with this other guy. And he was telling me about, there was a couple of locksmiths in the local area. And one of them was like this old, like Russian guy. And he would get he would get sales on like a strip mall where they would go in and they would rekey all the the strip mall payment and then mm-hmm. after 30 days when they didn't pay he would hand his technician a ring full of blank keys and the technician would go and knock them <laughs> off snap oh, them in every sense. door and then that yeah. person would come pay and he'd go extract all the keys out yeah so hopefully you're not doing that anymore but nah. um, what's a <laughs> what's the uh, an approach that you take on when that payment is late? Um, I mean, I can speak uh, for the past and I obviously speak uh, for like our current, where we're at now um, in the past uh, when, you know, still wear all the hats in the business really. But man, that was uh, just trying to stay on top of uh, following up. Um, we, we have, I mean, even today when I was in the office before we did this thing, right. Uh, a good, 15 or 20 emails popping through were uh, my office admin following up on past due invoices mm-hmm. that, that happen all the time. You know, um, yeah. I think the biggest thing for us is when we were able to start saying, staying really up on top of that stuff um, and have somebody who that was one of their, their, their tasks. Um, uh, par- part of their job description was, was handling that sort of thing uh, is when it really, we didn't get, super far extended on some of those past due bills. And that's not to say that I don't have, I saw one pop through that's from like December of 22 for a small service charge um, that you just have to jump through all these hoops to get paid. I think that's a state, a state one. Um, But um, it's, it's, like I said, I hate to say it, communication, right? I used to always reach, reach out to our property managers and be like, Hey, you know, why isn't this one paid? Oh, I'll follow up on, we'll follow up on that. Um, but sometimes I'd get so far behind with all the other distractions of the business that by the time you saw it or got to it, we're like three months past due already. And it's like, well, why didn't you follow up at 30 days? And why didn't you follow up at 60 and that sort of thing? Um, and so for us, it's just, it's, it's staying on top of that. Um, I think she, I think she actually might be using, um, monday.com that she'll go in there and make a board that is uh like past due invoices and then set set her automations to let her know like well i followed up on this one last week it's time to follow up on that again you know is it in the po box has it come through you know uh, ach is it this or that should i remove it from my list you know or do i need to send another email out um so no we and and even back in the day there was i never confiscated uh, any hardware that i installed <laughs> or locked anybody I never locked anybody out of a building or, or anything like that. Um, no keys broken in the locks. Um, yeah. But it, it's, I mean, I think, I think if you're in business long enough and you are um, 
doing enough of it and have you know enough various customers you're gonna you're just gonna run into it you're gonna, everybody's out there i don't think they're all out there trying to shortchange you right um but um you're, you're always going to run into something going past you something got misplaced you know stack of papers all that kind of thing yeah yeah but i again if i were to say um and now service using has plenty of faults that we've found through the years that, that don't work great for us but at the same time um we can track them well just like we could track them well through quickbooks online we can track past due invoices through a report setting on service fusion uh, and i think it shuffles them into one to 30 days past due 30 to 60 60 to 90, you know that mm -hmm. sort of thing yeah yeah cool um all right so this won't be hard for you you're a, you're a humble guy you're, you're noble so um what's the what's the one area the humbling question what's the one area in this whole process right now that maybe you feel a little soft on or that you'd like to get better at with where stice lock is today yeah um i think it's for me um I, I remember when these questions came through my business partner saw him obviously and he was like uh i think guards are completely different he's like i think i'd say something completely different than you would say um in this situation so i can speak for myself in in this situation and um for me it's uh it's the letting go of some control uh when it comes to um our bids and our projects right for the longest mm -hmm. time i wouldn't even let somebody else write write a bid right i felt like if it wasn't written exactly the way i saw it um that it wasn't going to account for everything something was going to be missing inevitably we were gonna we were gonna you know not come through at the end so i felt i felt um like i had hands on on everything you know and then that gets more comfortable um, um and then it's the planning of it and execution of it you know um even to this day i still find myself uh sort of running out to handle and fix a problem before I should, right? Uh, and it's it's that for me as we grow, Stislock. I think the it, you know if I'm interpreting the question properly, I hope hopefully I am. It's that it's that uh, that uh, delegating a little bit better, um, knowing that I am bringing up the text within the company between the communication and the training um, to be able to handle some of that stuff themselves without me coming in and saving the day all the time or being right. looking over their shoulder too much um uh that for me for like the future of this company is the thing that i've got to personally because that is my role in the company you know like uh, outside operations manager is to make sure that i'm i'm letting things play out when they need to play out for for um learning purposes letting the guys prove that they can handle a situation without me stepping in and be like, oh, just give it to me, give it to me, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll do it. You know, um, because, you know, for anybody who read any of the books, right, that, that uh, the e-myth, right, I got, I'm a, a technician at heart, right? Um, right. Uh, that, that's, still, that's still my default. When time gets hard, just work harder, do more, get more done, do it yourself, it's gonna be done right that way right and so getting to a point where i can accept that that's not the only way uh to look at things right um is, is um paramount to us being able to continue to like succeed and continue to grow and not completely destroy me at some point because you know you can only juggle so much at any given time uh, right. so so uh 
yeah, man, I think, I think that's my humbling cue uh, from a personal level is, is to understand that. Um, and I know we've talked about this before. We're chatting back and forth. Like uh, I'm always, when I can, reading or like Mike, uh, audio books, uh, <laughs> trying to uh, further my, myself in, in respects to those things. Because the technician side, the technical side, the work is easy in my opinion. If you came up like that, like we're discussing, and you're always uh, like, I can do it, I can do it, whatever it is I can do, that stuff comes easy. It's the business side and then the delegating side and yeah. then the other stuff. Those are the things that, for me, I find those are the, those are the humbling things where it's like, man, I got to work at this. I got to learn a little bit more, um, uh, take, a, take a different role and, and relinquish some of that to, to people and trust, right? Trust, but verify, right? Right. That things, that things are happening. Right. Definitely. I've talked yeah. to a lot of guys in the industry and I do feel like at the level that Stice Lock is at that, you know, that, that you're doing that good job and you're growing not for growth's sake. And you got, you know, anywhere between 10 and 30 technicians. It's in that area that something that you work so hard to get to this point, it is hard to like, kind of, let go of it yeah. to let it flourish into what it needs to be and i i tell guys like you got to remember that everything that you've put in up to that point is be, is what got you there so it's not negating mm -hmm. all the yep. all the effort and the struggle and the sacrifice that's been put in it's really like highlighting it and letting it show that it was for for something and not for not yep. you know yeah so yep i get that i get that um but now to the bonus question, which I probably can answer for you, I feel like, at this point, is based oh, on yeah. your experience moving from bid to bank, where would you say the focus is most critical in completing the job? And I'm guessing it's in communication. So, Oh, man. I want to I wanna spin is the it? question just a little bit. Do it. Yeah, do it, man, because that's the answer I have, obviously, because that's what I think. So, yeah, spin it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so if it is that communication – and you could give a suggestion or a piece of advice to our listeners. Because my intent with these podcasts is guys and girls are listening in and going, I either run my own stuff or I want to run my own stuff or I've you know, been running my own stuff for 30 years. And mm -hmm. any fresh piece of advice that I can pull from these podcasts to kind of tweak it so that it's better for their experience, I want them to do. So yeah. from that point of view is there a piece of advice that you could give on that communication like you set reminders or you have a, a rhythm that you follow or is is there something that yeah i'll let you go i, I won't keep sure uh, i mean i i wish i had it uh i wish i had a uh it down to a science right because i i uh, with all the talk about communication um i'm sure i dropped the ball plenty um across projects and stuff um but I think, um, I think no matter how big we grow, and though I've said just now about uh, re releasing some control, it is also staying, staying and keeping uh, a pulse on the business and the mm -hmm. projects. And, uh, you know, um, I, I always want to be able to be, in, be involved to some degree, and that's the whole growth, not for growth, but not for growth's sake. Um, is that I don't just want all these different things running um, and not have anything, any idea with what's going on in the company, right? So I want to be involved 
to a degree. Um, and I mean, I'm a list guy. I mean, I'm definitely like a write out a list, write a new list on Monday, transfer everything from last week's that didn't get accomplished. Um, and on my lists, I do have things like contact, follow up, um, within service fusion between estimates and jobs. There's also a task thing. And I will ask, um, Brandy all the time. If I'm too busy to, to jump in, I will ask all the time, uh, Hey, throw a task on for me to follow up with Chris, throw this. If I know that, um, if I know that a system went live and I haven't already told them that we're going live on Friday, um, I want to make sure that I tell them Friday morning, Hey, FYI or reminder, we're going live today. That doesn't mean that, you know, all of the programming has to be done or you have to have all of your answers to me. I just want you to know that it's going to be live and let him know that, um, you know, any questions that he might have off of finding out that it went live um, mm -hmm. or is going live are answered ahead of time. Like that doesn't mean that, you know, you're locked out. That doesn't mean that, you know, you have to make some last minute adjustments at this site because we went live today. Um, so I like to make sure that I, I stay on top of that, that communication. So lists for me, um, that may be old school, I guess, right? I used to always run around with a, a sticky note list on my dashboard uh, in my truck all the time yeah. of things that I needed to get done that week, parts I needed to pick up for this job or that job, mixed in with my personal list of right what I needed to do on my personal side. Um, so I think just um, keeping that stuff forefront and realizing how important that communication is, is 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 paramount, right? Um, anytime that you're that you're losing track of that kind of thing, I think that's where the customer experience. If they're they're wondering when their next update's going to be, if they're wondering, you know, when they're going to hear about something that they they saw and haven't been told about, or something like that. So, um, lists on my end, and whether it's on a uh, sticky note or a legal pad or on a in my app on Service Fusion where I'm scrolling through what I have going on and it's like task call so-and-so um, lists for me or, or keep me like on point. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Well, man, that was, that was a good amount of information. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Um, you are a contributor in this and I, I totally agree. It's one of the reasons that, you know, I push TKW and tech technology worldwide on this is just because yeah. of that community over competition I feel like yep. nationally, this industry um, has a gym in its hands. If we can all just, you know, start to support each other, and you're definitely yeah. a proponent of that. And um, I'm so glad you said yes to coming on this podcast, man. I really appreciate oh man, it. I appreciate it. And uh, man, like I said, this is uh, this is out of my comfort zone. I, I'm glad that you asked me to be on here. This is uh, part of that um, personal development, right? You got to always be pushing yourself to do things that are outside of your comfort zone um, because that's where all the growth comes from. If you're always doing stuff that you're just comfortable with, you ain't growing. Right. Yeah. So I appreciate you asking me to be on here, man. And uh, very humbled by just the opportunity to talk. Right. I saw the last couple, they were great. I told you, yeah. man, those are great. Didn't even know I needed to hear that one. Um, <laughs> you, you love, you love to see the similarities between yourself and somebody that you watch. Um, uh, that's out there doing kind of the same thing. And you're like, Oh man, I do that too. That's great. Cool. I think I'm doing this. Okay. I think I'm, I think I'm doing it good. 
And then you get a little bit of uh, validation, be like, well, I must be doing it right because he's kind of doing that same thing. And he, you know, um, so uh, I really, we, I think we all really appreciate what you're doing out here, man. So keep it up. Yeah, it's man. awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much. Well, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you um, if yep. they want to hit you up and talk to you about the podcast or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Instagram, which I'm on and off all the time, uh, sometimes with longer stints in between. So if you don't get hit back right away, it's just because I just haven't jumped on there or busy, right? But uh, at lock it up on Instagram um, is where you can you can find me. That's uh, that's me posting all those dumb pictures and videos. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> and man. sharing all the sharing all the sharing all the dumb memes with yeah. the guys who respond to me. <laughs> yeah, we all do that, man. That's part of the yeah, job. right. It's fun. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for coming out, man, and uh, I really appreciate you being here, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. We'll, we'll be in the DMs talking to you. Yeah. So. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, man. Later, man.